Is spirituality killing great sex? Have we ascended our way out of great sex? Have we lost touch with the primal and the primate within? As society opens to more alternative ways of experiencing and expressing spirituality, you know, like crystals, pulling cards, and feminine embodiment coaches and courses become more and more popular and widely accepted, I've been thinking a lot about whether or not women are quote unquote, ascending their way out of having great sex and relationships with spiritual word salad bypassing happening in every relationship I've come across as of late. You know, if you've ever told your partner, honey, stop projecting your wounds onto me. And his response is something like, well, stop projecting your projection onto me. And if you're a woman longing for your male partner to see and treat you as a goddess, as a queen, and all of these other things we want to be experiencing, but you're acting like a freaking wounded and immature 12-year-old whose butt is hurt over the cute guy that didn't like her and started dating her best friend instead. Hey, that actually did happen to me, so yeah, <laughs> I'm being pretty, pretty real here. Well, one has to wonder if all of this spiritual jargon is creating more division and disconnection in our sex lives and relationships than not. So today I brought on relationship coach, speaker, and masculine energy mentor, Rocky Adams, to have this conversation with me. He's also a dear friend, and I adore our back and forth and poking fun at some of the nonsense and the bypassing that goes on. And, you know, for more spiritual-minded people sometimes, <laughs> many of you listening to this podcast, and I'm just super excited to be talking about this with you, with him today. In this episode, you're going to hear us talk about how spirituality is helping us have better sex and relationships, how spirituality is killing great sex and relationships, the difference between instinct and intuition. Rocky gives the most beautiful distinction between instinct and intuition. Honestly, I had never heard of anyone express the difference between them so eloquently before. Uh, so make sure you tune in and listen to that. Uh, we also discuss how to merge the sacred and the sexy so that we can experience more fulfillment in our relationships and sex lives and still be, you know, spiritual people. So you can connect with Rocky on Facebook by searching Rocky Adams from Orlando, Florida. He's the bald guy. So, you know, if you see a picture of a good looking bald guy, that's Rocky. If you enjoy this conversation and you are a woman, please be sure to check out the five days to epic sex and pleasure audio training that I offer. The link is in the show notes, but you can also download it at tilly-storm.com. It's completely free. If you're new to the podcast and you're not sure what all I'm about yet, I highly recommend you download this training because if I could summarize all 217 episodes of the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast into five episodes and give you the short and sweet and to the point version, it would all be in that training. So head to tilly-storm.com to download that free training today and enjoy this episode, my loves. This is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama, the podcast for high-achieving moms to have sex worth putting the energy in for. I'm Tilly Storm, a holistic sex and intimacy coach, and it's my mission to help you want to want sex again, to have better orgasms, and to feel confident and sexy so you experience more pleasure in the bedroom and beyond. Hello, Rocky. How are you doing, my dear? I'm doing really well. I'm practicing restraint on saying funny stuff because I know you just hit the record button. <laughs> we had a little chat before we pressed record and I'm so excited to be sharing on this topic of spirituality and sexuality and if spirituality kills great sex for some people. This is a topic that has come to my awareness in different conscious and spiritual communities. And I'm super excited to be talking with you in particular about it um, because you definitely work in this realm of being a force of very grounded presence for a lot of spiritual people. So Rocky, tell me what qualifies you to be here today to discuss this topic. I pretty much study this stuff and teach this stuff all day, every day for a long time now, like eight years. So yeah, I've been coaching this component of relationship coaching for a very long time. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Relationship coaching. How long have you been coaching? 
Um, I've been charging people for coaching for about eight years, but my I first became a coach, in my opinion, when I became an assistant taekwondo instructor when I was a sophomore in high school. So I've been teaching energy for a long time. I just didn't know that that's what I was doing. So I'd say eight years is how long I've been actually charging, quote unquote, for clients. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, let's dive right in. Is spirituality killing great sex these days? Uh, I'd say yes and no. There's a lot of expansion that's going on. It's like, uh, you know, truthfully, I was doing a lot of the components of tantric sex before I knew what tantric sex was. I feel like spirituality brings that oneness, like God sex, reaching another layer in that perspective. And, and that helps a ton in that sort of connectedness. But what I see in the spiritual community with women that I work with, a lot of them just want to be grabbed by the face and kissed deeply and thrown over the shoulder and taken into the bedroom and, you know, celebrate the difference between men and women instead of just the, the tantric kind of godly sort of connection, you know? So the primate stuff is missing a lot. And I think that uh, a lot of people through their interpretation of spirituality, that's what's going on. There's a lot of that that's being removed. Mm, yeah. I, I think this is what happens when Tantra makes its way from a very, rooted tradition to western society is it gets watered down and misinterpreted and all these things because when i learned tantra it was very much a primal experience like the primal of the primal holy shit man like i did things and went to depths of my soul and embodied anger and disgust and these really challenging emotions and just let myself really go there. And even in learning men's sexuality and being certified and helping men with their sexuality, I remember doing this practice called fuck kill to consciousness. And it's really about owning like your ability and desire and like that super primal part of you that could kill a motherfucker if they fucked with you. Right. Uh, but also that, that super deep primal desire to fuck and doing that and, and going through these practices, it really did connect me to what a lot of people experience as a very distorted shadow aspect of them. Um, and because they don't have a space to really own these parts of themselves. So for people tuning in that aren't too familiar with sacred sexuality or Tantra, can you frame that for us? Tell them a little bit about it. So I view it as means by which you connect to God and connect to like, I view all humans as God energy. Like I literally see you as the goddess of Tilly. And it's kind of like, to me, like Greek mythology where they had their special powers, but with humans, instead of like the power to control lightning it's many many it's a compilation of many smaller powers that come together and create the energy soup that is a human so when when we disconnect from that like uh, can you repeat the question for me again i want to make sure i don't meander from that yeah just to frame what tantra is and what sacred sexuality is yes and your understanding of it so truthfully, we should all have our own definition of this being 100% yourself, 100% fully expressed because energy that stores inside of us becomes stagnant and it blocks us. It's either going to block us or open us more and more and more and more. And the more we open, the more aligned we become with ourselves, the better we become at being ourselves and more fully expressed. Sex is an amazing way to do this. It's the most vulnerable. It's going to bring up more insecurities than anything. So yes, I view, I view um, sacred sexuality as the practice of reaching your highest self through sex. And people leave the primate out of that, in my opinion. And there, that is no less spiritual than what you think of when you hear you know, the connecting to God, that's part of it. It's all there, including ego, by the way. Like the thing I, I run into so much ego shaming and so much um, people wanting to put out their words like toxic masculinity and things like this and just no such thing. You know, these words just create division. You know, it's all they're doing is creating division with this. So yeah, coming together in oneness and wrecking, recognizing each other's darkness is actually a good thing you know you're when you get triggered that's beautiful absolutely beautiful mm, yeah for sure <laughs> 
Well, what I'm, what I've noticed is that there's, there's people who want to learn Tantra um, as a means of learning the more to sexuality than they grew up with or that they currently know about. Uh, I guess, of course, everyone has their own definition of what Tantra and sacred sexuality is. And to me, they're two very different things. Tantra is a spiritual tradition. It's very rooted in a lineage. Um, but sacred sexuality really has nothing to do with the spiritual tradition. It has uh, practices that came from some that came from the spiritual tradition, but they were used specifically to help liberate a person around their sexuality and body. And that lineage was passed down through Osho, who had a whole different take on Tantra and who kind of changed what the meaning of the word means in our modern day society. So that's how I see it is that there are two different things, but um, what I find is that a lot of people who are interested in learning this type of stuff, it's because they want to experience that more to it. And at the same time, I'm finding that there's a lot of people that are getting into this and they're really losing the grounded, um, the rootedness and the truth of who they are. And they're using it as a way to spiritual bypass and like all of these things and really, you know, go into the ascension Mm -hmm. of it all. And that's great, but it also gets to come down and be an embodied experience. Um, But there, even some of my clients, I've seen that happen and that some of them are really, really, really up here and I get to pull them down, you know, and to help ground them back into reality. So what's your experience been like? I loved, I absolutely loved what you said when you said, um, liberating and absolutely that's the way that I see it. It's more of an opening than a healing. You know, we're there. Humans are perfect already. And to me, that is the biggest, most disempowering lie that is told by society. Like it, it is a, and this is hard for a lot of people to hear. This is a lot of people, the people who have the deprecating side of ego, there are two sides of ego, like a braggadocious ego, and then a self-deprecating side of ego. The people who have a self-deprecating, oh, I'm so humble, you know, they, they identify as these things, this is going to be hard for them to hear that they're already perfect, you know, and and that can be taken the wrong way too. But the liberation thing is that piece is so much better because you're already perfect. There's what's the difference between you and enlightened you, you know, it's just, you have more experience, more practice. You're already the thing you're already, you know, source energy, just owning it, admitting it and stepping into it is the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're, you're in an interesting space of, you know, being out there and dating and all this stuff. So I want you to tell me, what is it like being a man who is obviously very conscious, but uh, really wanting to attract a woman who is very self-aware and conscious too, because we've got so much, I mean, there's like an absolute explosion of women's empowerment, goddess type coaches out there right now, like explosion of them. It's insane. Um, so, (laughs) and at the same time, a lot of it kind of drives me a little crazy because I find that it is very ungrounded in a way, and it takes people out of actual reality and kind of puts them in this little bubble of how relationships should be. But in reality, that's not how they really are. Um, or what they're striving for isn't really, it's not a grounded, rooted family, like let's build community family around this unit um, that is the union of two people, right? That it's more about uh, a growth and an evolution. And yes, we of course want our relationships to go that route, but how can we also take it into expansion and ascension into who we are as individuals, but also ground it into reality and be something that's really um supportive to our families and communities yes and being grounded is you know when you are your full self and you have full self-ownership it's like i i tell people i teach this to my clients all the time you know i'll do anything that i can to assist another person with one exception compromise myself that's what people are doing And they're creating a fantasy bond with their idea of what a relationship should be, even the spiritual community, if if there is such a thing. Like I view everything as the spiritual community. There's just different layers to it, you know. 
but um, that's a different discussion. Yeah. So um, if you don't know yourself, if there are parts of you that you're shaming or hiding or denying, you're going to create a relationship with yourself through the mask. And then every single other thing gets the trickle down of that. So what I, I do this thing, um, it, it's an energy training with my people. And obviously I'm doing this with myself. I actually created it for myself, but um, how does my primate feel about this? When people talk about, Oh, do we have good energy together? It's like, yeah, my primate is like, I want to leave teeth marks in her ass, you know, that kind of energy. Like yeah, absolutely. Yes. And, you know, does my warrior like her? Yeah. You know, the warrior, I, I see her, I see the queen in her. My king wants to, to look out for the queen and, and co-create with the queen. I can see where that could be a possibility. My lover, self-explanatory lover, you know, loves my lover, loves everybody. And my primate loves a lot of people. So it's like to varying degrees as well. So it's like, you take into consideration all of these different things, like where are the potential challenges and things like this. And then there's like intensity levels, layers and levels of all of these different things. So understanding, you know, what your own standards are. I've had a couple of my clients say, you know, I really have trouble justifying dating anyone after working with you because I feel like I'm looking for a needle in a haystack. And my response, especially to the last one, was not what she was expecting. I'm like, you are looking for a needle in a haystack. You know, there's, there's many, many people on this earth, right? There's 333 million in the United States. She lives in the United States. I'm like, but how do you find a needle in a haystack? You find a needle in a haystack by becoming the most powerful super magnet in the world. And that'll suck the needle right out of the haystack. And, you know, attractive people, as you become more attractive, and obviously energy is the most attractive thing a human can do is be aligned with themselves and own themselves. So as you become more aligned with your own energy, you're going to be attractive and you're going to attract a lot of really good things and probably some things that you don't want to attract as well, but that's all learning curve as well. So in other words, just celebrating the relationships, everything's perfect. You're going to learn what you're supposed to. There is no such thing as it didn't work out, you know, because you learned from it, you grew through that experience. So yeah, there are a lot of people who are carrying various levels and layers of ego through all of this stuff with them. Like yeah. Love the spiritual women and things like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me, how do you feel that spirituality is? So you said both. Yes. And no, that it's helping out. It's hurting. Uh, tell me first, how is it a positive aspect on our relationships? How does it serve us in relationships? So the people who are connected to it deeply and actually embodying the stuff are coming more from a space of love. So when you get more connected to love, you're going to be more connected to love and intimate relationships are, you know, a place for expansion and love is one of the ways that we can expand. There's growth, contribution, love. There's lots of ways that relationships are fantastic. And if you do that solely through love, Love is not anywhere near enough to make a relationship work, you know, quote unquote work. There'd be a lot of scarcity mindset and seeking consistency if that's all you had. So I think that they, the expansion of love that comes with the majority of the teachings, you know, the majority from what I've seen, the majority of the personal development world, I've heard people call it surface level, all these things. But to me, it's like consciousness is the first step. So when you get consciousness, you get more hope. And when you have more hope, you're a little bit happier. It bumps you up a little bit, the vibrational scale. So that's a good thing too. But when you treat it as the thing, oh my God, this is so amazing. And you turn it into a form of, oh, this is my religion. This is my worship. You disconnect from things like almost nothing is teaching about primate. Almost nothing is teaching about warrior. Almost nothing is teaching in the way that people teach shadow too. It's like they teach shadow, like, oh, be prepared to cry for six months if you work with me and yada, yada, yada. I've seen people that literally get significance from this is my style of teaching. And when you look at their life, they kind of live how they teach. <laughs> and it's like the, what I teach is happiness. Like we should be happy. We should own the living fuck out of ourselves. And if you're the more honest you get with yourself, the more happy you're going to be. And it's not like happy. Like most people are reaching for happiness. Like it's a drug. I'm talking fulfillment. The more consistently fulfilled you are, the happier you're going to be in your life. And the thing that people most crave is love. So that's what I am. I'm a happiness 
kind of love coaching. I teach that it's cool to love. It's not, you don't have to give up any of your power, any of your masculinity. It's, it can be fun and it can be incredibly masculine and also incredibly feminine to just be yourself, own the shit out of it and have fun with it. That's basically, if I had to microwave my teaching, that's what I give people. <laughs> yeah. Rocky, you are absolutely the biggest lover of humans. I think I (laughs) (laughs) loves everyone. Like it's incredible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's it's a gift for sure. Um, Okay. So spirituality can help us in the fact that we become aware, become self, self, self aware and conscious of our actions, how we're creating our life, all of this stuff. Great. Got it. Uh, that's amazing. How is it hurting our experience of relationships and great sex? So if I were to allow myself, I'm just going to say it. It's, it's like the, a softening of society. It's softening. And when we soften around certain things, it's, there's really great intent in this, you know, it's like, it's like a parallel to this principle. Like, Let's say a young boy is raised by a woman who recognizes that all of the pain and trauma in, in his mom's life was created by men. And his mom can just always identifies and connects to that. And the son is raised by this woman. He's literally shaming himself for being a man at times. That's parallel to the idea of what a lot of the teachings and especially like societal programming and stuff like this think of a little boy that's sitting at home and he's watching the news and with his mom and his mom is like talking to him about oh you gotta watch out because the toxic masculinity that's inside of you you know there's like a shaming of that and it's like oh i gotta be careful because i'm a boy kind of thing you know or teaching a, a daughter the same thing it's like there's already a preconceived notion that something like this could come up and this is just a parallel principle it's not directly so when we as this pertains to sex it's like a lot of guys are calling off their warrior energy. They're calling off their primate energy because they they think that they need to be soft in order to love this woman. And it's like, there, it goes both ways. The woman needs to understand that this energy, if she allows herself, um, different people teach it, like containment in a relationship, the feminine ability to be contained within a relationship. I do, When I'm teaching it to guys, a lot of women would have trouble hearing this, but I teach it as ownership to my guys. I'm like, if you truly love this woman the way that you say you do, this is what you put in your relationship vision. This is how you described her. This is your treasure. If you own your relationship, then you're also owning her smile. You're owning her kids. You're owning her pussy. You're owning her, her everything. Her happiness is your happiness. And it's, it's not that you're sacrificing your happiness to make her happy. It's like, like I said, the number one thing is do anything that you can to assist and build and help, but you do it through the lens of not sacrificing yourself. When it gets to that point, you need to consider, you know, if it's consistently that, then maybe it's the wrong relationship. And if you're in a secure attachment style, that's okay too. You can love them just as much without dating them. It's just going to look different. The relationship looks different. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the loss of the warrior energy. It's so interesting. Uh, I have a workshop that I'm doing for a dating coach. She's a very, she has a very big group of men and her program. And uh, the, the workshop is how to pleasure a woman. <laughs> and as I'm sitting here putting together the material for this workshop that I'm going to be doing, uh, I'm, I'm writing down all of these, these talking points and these tips and all these things. And one of them, I'm going over kissing. And one of the things that I really wanted to include is like the soft, but powerful and straightforward. And like, you, you can feel it in someone's energy around sex, right? Like when, when a guy kisses you and they're just super soft, it's like, ugh. I've never had a guy kiss me super soft, just so you know. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) All the ladies listening to me right now, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, have you ever got a kiss like that? You're just like, ew. Like, come on, where's like the oomph in there, right? There's something missing. And that's how and a sexual experience that something that 
you know, like the loss of that war energy is really showing up and sex is that you don't experience that kind of ownership that you said. I love that you said that because women crave it deep down, yet they also uh, despise that they want it. Many of them do. They despise that they even want that because then, you know, with all of the, the feminism going on, it's that it means they're weak if they want that or that they're not independent if they want that, which is a bunch of bullshit as you and I know, but you know, they don't let themselves actually want the thing that they most deeply want. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that. So yeah, it it's like the spirituality, it hurts your experience of having great sex because when a guy isn't really owning his own sexuality, when he feels like he has to walk on eggshells around a woman because she doesn't feel grounded and safe in her own sexuality, she's highly triggered, um, then they can't show up. You guys can't show up in the way that, you know, historically <laughs> you've been able to do without women freaking out over it, honestly. Yeah, I always talk about the difference between the fire walk and the eggshell walk and the willingness to trigger. It's not our job to protect people's feelings. It's, if anything, a relationship should be a place where you learn to deal with your feelings. It, you learn to deal with, you know, when at the beginning it may initially seem like pain, but what if as you get more used to it, it's like a little baby, you know, they, they come out and, you know, they they have the most pain that they feel is hunger unless they've been circumcised, of course, <laughs> but um, a little baby starts to feel pain and they'll scream and cry. And then they get the boob. And then the next time, you know, over time they start to understand, Hey, this is just discomfort. All I have to do is fuss a little bit. I don't have to put out the dramatics to get the, to get the milk. So they develop a, um, a knowingness around that this pain is no big deal. It's not that foreign to them anymore. They start learning to walk. They fall down. Boom. They hurt their butt. They they get this bewildered look on their face like, oh, some of them will cry and some won't. But it's like later on in life, they're walking around the house and they stick their hand in bathwater that's too hot. And that's the most pain they've ever felt. You know, by the time you're 30 years old, you stick your hand in some hot bathwater. You're like, whatever, man, this is nowhere near as bad. You just don't have that frame of reference. So as you grow through a relationship and you, yeah, first you're like crying over hot bath water, you know, until you, you learn and you develop, like develop a trust, like when the feminine storm comes or, or um, the test of the feminine comes, it's like, you can stand in front of this and not even think anything of it. And then she recognizes when you can be there and love her just as much in that situation, there's no difference. She is who she is. And, you know, a lot of guys will complain about their drama queen to me. And I'm like, yeah, you complain about your drama queen when it's not convenient for you, but you love that shit in the bedroom, right? It's like, can't have it both ways. You know, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's feminine expression. It's fantastic. And when you learn to sit back and watch a meadow report for what it is, and you recognize that she's trusting you enough to give you that effort and energy and express like that in front of you, all of a sudden it goes from what the fuck are you babbling about? Like a lot of guys talk like this, you know, it goes from that to like watching a sunset is what it looks more like when you, it's like, oh, wow, the magic of the feminine energy and she trusts me. And, you know, when you learn to stand in front of, especially like the feminine storm and you're a completely trustworthy space for her to, her to express anger and in sadness or whatever it is. And it doesn't affect you emotionally. You're just there for support it's okay she just wants to let it out and and then you become a safe space for her the most safe space on the planet and that's good and as that pertains to sex that's that amplifies everything like that increases your sex life as much as sex itself does you know yeah and that energetic connection that bond is created and yeah. deep yes <laughs> yeah and that that drama queen energy, that's how she sticks up for you when you're not in the room, bro. <laughs> for the men that are listening, it's like, <laughs> yes, lady warrior, go get that shit, you know, whatever. So you're mad. You have the right to be mad. And clearly in this moment, you're not present to how much I love you and how much I would stick up for you, kill for you, die for you, whatever. All true, by the way. And that's okay. It's like you recognize, okay, so in this moment, there's a misunderstanding and she's not entirely trusting the relationship right here, right now in this moment, but she will, you know, it's just a misunderstanding. 
she's not connected to how fucking awesome I am and what I would do for her. And when you have this attitude and energy towards yourself, boom, you'll carry this into relationships with friends, neighbors, family members, whatever. And all of a sudden you don't get all triggered up over, over different things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Okay. Well, what's it like dating spiritual women these days <laughs> to give us the real lowdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there are people who have varying levels of confidence in their own way of thinking, and that's great. But also when you have confidence in your way of thinking and you've developed, I see a lot of disconnect between the idea of instinct versus intuition. A lot of people, oh, I'm going to trust my instinct. I'm going to listen to my gut. Well, if you see, let's say you see, um, a purple dog on the street and that fucker bites you. And then you see another purple dog on the street and that one bites you. And then three months later, you see another purple dog. You're like running for the hills. That's an instinct. You have developed an instinct of how you behave around purple dogs. So some people have developed really shitty instincts and they get that upset feeling in their stomach. So it's like, Oh, I feel it in my gut. You know, I'm trusting my, I'm trusting my intuition. No, you're trusting your instinct. You're trusting your instinct. I've never heard anyone say that like that before. Yes. uh, I made that connection a couple of years ago with somebody. So it's been coming out more and being expressed differently and with more depth lately. But um, your intuition is when you're in your God energy and you have more access to it when you are not triggered. So an instinct to get out of the way of a purple dog could be a good thing. But get yourself into a moment of peace and clarity before you make a real decision you know you may have when you're if you're a woman you may have an an instinct especially like everybody's got trauma by their definition of what trauma is you know i i coach guys who have by my definition they're raised i'm making up a name but we'll say their name their their name was jeffrey bear that's what mom called um dad was always working mom called him jeffy bear grandma called him little jeffy bear all this stuff and this guy was taking such good care of unconditional love all over the place and he's never faced what through my lens of the world real trauma so you know the the when you have a more difficult childhood that's the fertile soil that you needed to grow into this thing that you are. And I'm so grateful for the way that I was raised. One of the biggest gifts ever. Do I end up, if I feel like the world is a super, super safe place, you know, there are things where I would have different challenges in different ways, but also there are things that are not challenging for me at all. Like if nobody's trying to punch me in the head, I don't even perceive there to be conflict. That's what comes from like studying martial arts and all these other things, you know, just the, the challenges it, it helps you to not see conflict and go into fight or flight when a person calls you a name or whatever so you can mm. dissociate from that and see it for what it is so make a moment make a decision in a moment of strength and clarity and when you get into a, a fear moment you're connected to that deeper truth and you don't run you know to look at your own self if you get triggered up you look at you you don't look at some you made me feel bad that's the nature of most people Almost everyone, you did this to me. You made me feel bad. You have character flaws. Okay. So <laughs> I have character flaws and I love you more than I've ever loved anything before. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a conflict of blueprints. No big deal, guys. It's, as exa- it's exactly as big a deal as you make it out to be. It's nothing to fight over. If the conflict of blueprints is big enough, then maybe if it's aligned enough with your identity and you can't shift it, then maybe that's a reason to move on to a different relationship book. You mean erotic blueprints? Yeah, yeah. Erotic blueprints or blueprints in general. Hmm. Because erotic blueprints, I feel like people are, that is a, that's a thing. And that would be a deal breaker for a lot of people if they have different erotic blueprints. But I'm talking about, um, there, I mean, there are things I love the, the work around erotic blueprints and stuff like this. It's like I've taken the uh, the sexual deviance quizzes and all of this stuff. And, you know, you could be a very boring person um, based on some people's definition. But also when you bring a level of connectedness and intensity 
that makes up for a whole lot, even if people do have different erotic blueprints, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I, I preach on that all day long on this podcast. So <laughs> I forget yeah. what I'm talking to well, sometimes. <laughs> let me just clarify. <laughs> there are no two blueprints that are not compatible. Correct. <laughs> Let's just let that one be known. Uh, that yes. I, I do have a lot of couples that are that get into that thinking, oh, I guess we're just not matched. We're not what well, now fuck that shit. Good God have mercy. If you've been together for 15 years, 20 years already, and you're just learning about this stuff, it doesn't mean you're not compatible. Clearly you are <laughs> in a relationship for that long. Um, no. This lady on the internet said we're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, she's very much adamant about helping people understand that that doesn't mean you're not compatible. I, um, I was just talking about like randomly, like some coaches talk this way, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, maybe they do. I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, it's just about expanding your, your yeah. own, um, sexual skills and understanding of your partner's sexual language and how to meet them. But mm. that's besides the point. So you said, when I asked you, what's it like dating spiritual women, you brought up the, the difference between intuition and instinct, which is awesome. Does yes. that mean that you notice a lot of spiritual passing? Yes. <laughs> Tell like me more. Motherfucker. Yes. Like Tell this- me more. This is the way it is that, you know, um, the first spiritual woman that I ever dated, truthfully, at that time in my life, this was maybe, and I don't, I truthfully don't even like using the languaging spiritual woman, you know, because if someone is driven by growth and love, I'm going to be able to work with them. They're reachable. If they're a growth person, I'm going to be able to work with that, whether they know about spirituality, whether they don't, whatever. So so let's, let's back up just a little bit here what do we get to define spiritual woman as is this someone who's into god's horse energy who's into tarot cards and crystals and all the woo things like what does that mean to you it could be all of and any of that like i don't use the word spiritual community very often at all because i recognize like what an all-encompassing thing that is you know and what that can be and what I see too is like the uh, the feminine energy is naturally more open to receiving this kind of stuff, and they tend to grow more quickly. They're easier to work with than men. All this other stuff, and that's a that's a blanket statement. That's not true. That's like a rule of thumb true. That's not necessarily true. That's rule of thumb true. So em- emotional intelligence you know, one big component of emotional intelligence that people miss out on. And to me, this kind of replaces spirituality. Okay. So emotional intelligence is the ability to, people are moved by two things, pleasure and pain, the ability to be moved forward as a result of expansion and seeking more pleasure instead of having to experience pain to move forward. So to me, that's what it takes, like this type of intelligence, you know, we don't have to have this big fight or this kind of conflict, love orientation and growth orientation and expanding and using the relationship as a vehicle for expansion into more growth, more love. And then naturally the variety and stuff like that comes into it later. But I'm a huge proponent of human need psychology. I've been, I've, for the first couple of years, I was looking for things that that could exist outside of the realm. But to me, I haven't seen anything like that. That's a thing to me. Everything I've ever seen, studied, whatever, you know, the six emotional human needs come into play with everything. So yeah, I I see a lot of bypassing with the spiritual community based on where they're at. There are people who, what I have seen is the people who are most connected to um, primate are generally speaking, not studying spirituality is that's what I have experienced. And that's probably, it's the best way I can think of to, to like best languaging for you that I can come up with right now with my limited knowledge at this time. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I love that because it seems like people are either really, really rooted and got it. Okay. I come from Louisiana. Come on. Like middle of nowhere area. Like all of my, we pulled out my family tree. My kid has this assignment on family history i'm like oh my god these people are from my my boyfriend he talks about (laughs) oh i'm a rube 
<laughs> a, a rube is a person who's from the middle of nowhere like from the country kind of but uh he tells me that all the time and i'm thinking oh my god my family is a bunch of friggin rubes from the south right um but they are so grounded and rooted and i was trying to share that with my kid i'm like you know what it's really important to know where you come from because it roots you and grounds you down into this reality and when no matter how spiritual you get or how much ascension you experience you're still here on earth right <laughs> you're still here right now and that's a really important thing uh, and and i'm lucky that i got that growing up i had a, a deep sense of my roots growing up um, being cajun and you know having our being taught about what happened to our people 400 500 years ago in the 1600s um, and it, it was a really big part of my identity my story but it's also been like a source of coming back to earth and grounding down. So it's like, you have a bunch of people that are, that are really rooted in the earth and rooted in their communities. And then there's, you know, um, airy fairy spiritual people (laughs) running around the globe, doing their thing, following the feminine energy. And that's all great too. And it's beautiful in its own sense. They're both great, but like how, you know, like in terms of relationships and sex, what I'm hearing you say is it's hard to find someone who has both of that who's open to the spiritual ascension stuff, but who's also really rooted and grounded. Yes. It's like just put in 3d linear kind of primal human languaging. It's like, if you find someone that's as loving as you, they might not be as primal and horny. If you find someone that's as primal and horny and sexual, they might not be as uh, spiritual in, in orientation. And I have actually seen people that are to varying degrees. It's like, I don't even want to define they are or they aren't. It's not a light switch. It's a dimmer switch. There's layers, <laughs> layers of gray to all of this stuff, you know, shades of gray. And, um, you know, I, I do know many, many people who are, uh, they're all perfect to me, but are they perfect for me? they're perfect to me. Yeah, I view them as perfect, beautiful humans, but uh, are they perfect for me? And it's, I really get to be careful of this because truly I could be a, a happy guy. I'm a happy guy, no matter what's going on for the most part. I mean, I'm a, I'm a human and my, my humaning, I go through different things, but I'm a pretty freaking happy and fulfilled guys, a guy. I carry a, an energy that lifts people up most of the time. This is feedback I get from other humans. Yeah. So I could be happy with damn near I could I could have connection with a doorknob I love people so much so I get to be extremely mindful not to settle this is where I'm at but I'm coming from a space like what you just heard me talk about is extremely secure attachment style now I am a human and I do sometimes go into fearful avoidant or anxious preoccupied and sometimes as it pertains to um relationships with friends especially dudes i can go into dismissive avoidant there's a there's a thing like there's societal programming in in me that that i by default look out for women like a ton so i don't i don't dismiss women as i would dismiss a man much more quickly than i would dismiss a woman just because of the way i'm wired but um that's not because of the nature it is because of the nature of the relationship, but it's not because of the nature of my intentions, I'll say, because there are many people, I love them, and they're my gorgeous, beautiful, perfect, sexy, amazing sister, you know, like truly, and it doesn't require a massive shutting down or separation of any of your energies. It's like, it's it's how people receive too. It's something like some of this I'm literally talking about for the first time. Like I'm, I am literally like recognizing things about myself right here, right now. I'm growing as a dude. And this is me metacognating from King energy, like the metacognition. So it's like with, with men will receive differently. So I'd tell them directly, boom, here's what's going on. Well, that was an interesting thing to say. Why are you so insecure about that? I'll talk to a dude that way. I don't, I don't talk to women exactly the same way. And certainly, even if I were to say the exact languaging, it would be delivered with a different energy. So, yeah. yeah. So there's that. There's like a natural kind of protection as well as a natural understanding of how a woman would receive energy as well as the verbiage of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first time I've ever said that before, but I just had that recognition about myself. That's awesome. Yay. Okay. Well, what... Really coaching me now. <laughs> I wouldn't call that coaching, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm just trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah, Got which it. is also my nature, Tilly. <laughs> oh, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, dear. Um, okay, so how do we merge the sacred and the sexy? Connecting to a deeper truth, owning all parts of yourself, understanding what they are, like you were talking about understanding your lineage, understanding your energy is equally as important as understanding your lineage. Understanding your lineage is a vehicle to understand your energy. But when you have a commitment to an energy, like you understand who you are, and it's not like that energy is committed, like, oh, I'm this way, and you identify with it, and you perceive yourself to be it, whether you are it or not. What I'm saying, it, that's not it at all. What I'm talking about in terms of commitment to your energy means managing your energy. People who are protecting their energy, well, if you perceive yourself to be protecting your energy, well, there's a victim story there, right? And protecting your, like you see activists of varying types from both sides of the aisle. An activist is there, they have a perceived victim story and they're going out there. See, I, I call myself a human love activist instead of a human rights activist. Mm -hmm. I used to be more of a human rights activist. Do I, am I any less warrior right here, right now today than I was then? Fuck no. I'm just healthier because there's no perceived victim story around it. Any of this stuff. Like I, I see things where, where people can bypass at a high level and, and to lower levels too, to varying degrees. But when you know yourself, you know, your energy, you know, you're triggered. You look at yourself when you see parts of yourself that you would like to be more in touch with understand that if you like to be more in touch with that, that's part of who you are. You wouldn't have had that thought in the first place. And then you look to connect to that. And how do you connect to that? You want to connect to your masculine energy, um, depending on how old you are, um, that would determine like which in your health levels and fitness levels and all these things, sign up for a martial arts class. If you're in jujitsu class and you're getting choked out three times a night, three nights a week, you know, that's literally what it feels like to die. Literally. Like if they choked you for an extra 10 seconds, you'd literally not be, you would transition. So when you get choked and you, and you get choked out, it's the, the stress in your body, the way that your body processes that before you get used to it. Now your woman gets mad at you and she starts yelling. Are you going to go into fight or flight? It's like, I've kind of died three times last week, <laughs> you know, or experienced the energy of death three times. It's like, you're more, you're more centered. You're more grounded. It's your ego gets out of the way when somebody who is you are clearly their physical superior and because of technique and experience you get choked out that's good for you so this is a good way for men to do it for women to do it connecting and being really 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 honest with yourself whether you're a man or a woman but i think with women it's super important like i already know in my next relationship there will be a sex coach there will be tantra coaches there will be relationship retreats even if it's stuff that i know 95 percent of what's being taught already it's like connecting and deepening and it creates discussion with you and your woman and creating that that kind of space for her to be heard and seen and validated in a different way other than you know, just loving her and like giving a shit what she thinks, you know, it's specifically channeling the sex energy is creation energy and it's connection energy big time. Yeah. And you start viewing her as this magical thing that is the portal between the spiritual realm and the physical realm that could literally bring a human life in. It's like, you start seeing shit like this. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's my treasure. I'm going to protect that shit. You start seeing her orgasm and you're like it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's great to experience and be a part of but also as you get more in touch with yourself it triggers something inside of you like this is my part in the thing like this is what i am here for this is what i am worthy of this is what i stand up for this is what i look out for you know it's like Arr. that kind of energy comes up you know the more connected you get to it Instead of, oh, you know, that felt good. Well, I'm done. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, when you look at what's real, the connection of the fucking primate is amazing. The connection of the warrior, the connection of the, the wizard energy, the getting things done in an easier fashion energy. It's all good. The standards of the king. That's what most people, the, the mistake that most people make by my, by my, by what I see in the world is they either don't involve their queen or king energy, 
they're choosing someone based on primate only. And that person, if they were to be honest and look at it and have a relationship with what is real, instead of in that case, it's probably a, <laughs> a fantasy bond, either, you know, I'm going to settle because of this, or I'm going to settle. They're either anxious, preoccupied, or dismissive, avoidant, or some combination. But probably the more anxious, preoccupied would make a decision like that. Mm-hmm. But um, when you make a decision and you include all things like like I was saying earlier, you know, this part of me loves you and sees this and I can see where this would work and this part of me and, and it might not quote unquote work. It's going to work. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be what it's supposed to be, but it doesn't mean that you're supposed to be married to this person for 35 years until one of you dies. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that. So just going in, taking the pressure, taking the stress off and just fucking living your life live your life, but do it within your standards instead of like just all darkness, you know, because a lot of people do that in their avoidance patterns. Ask me how I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know all about that. And I've had a lot of fun with that. The answer is in the question. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Wonderful. All right. So Rocky, where can we find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah. Um, reach out to the easiest way to reach out to me is on Facebook guys. If you have any, I'm Rocky Adams. You see a picture of the smiling bald guy from Orlando and, uh, I'll have Tilly as a mutual friend and, uh, you can, I put lots of videos and things like this up. And, you know, if you reach out, if you, if you direct message me, if you want to explore, you know, working with me or getting some sort of a freebie from me, I have a contract that I do for people with themselves. That's pretty cool. I could send that to you. And that's just going to help you live in your royalty energy, a queen or a king, depending on your plumbing. And, um, that, uh, that helps you to stay within your standards in that way, you know? So that's part, that's a really nice piece of the puzzle. And that's really fun. I do a, a little coaching presentation on that. So I have a, a couple of things that I do to, um, teach people how to take care of themselves and how to live within their standards. And that's one of them. So, yeah. Gotcha. Is there a website for that that you want to share? Um, my website is under construction right now. I had someone do it for me and it looked like a six-year-old did it. So it's, being, oh it's yeah, it's being redone for sure. Okay. So reach out on Facebook messenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reach out on Facebook, follow me or reach out, you know, whichever I'll, I'll be there for you. Just Got like it. my baby. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation today. Love so much fun. Love you, hon. You too. Bye-bye. Loved this content? Then be sure to download my private podcast training, Five Days to Epic Sex and Pleasure for High Achieving Moms at www.tillystorm.com forward slash five day training.